1: Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. We're so happy to have you here. My name is Lydia Cruz.
0: And I'm Justin Stiefel.
1: And I'm Maura Dooley. Did everybody have a great Memorial Day weekend last weekend? Enjoying some of the sunshine.
0: It was great. A Perfect weather. Yeah. Tremendous weather. And then this week we've been enjoying what the meteorologists have coined as juniary, which January, which was uh, these <laughs> kind of cooler temperatures in the low 60s that hit. But uh, summer's around the corner. We can sense it.
1: I know. It's great. And speaking of which, uh, there's a pretty cool event going on in the Gig Harbor area, which, of course, Heritage Distilling, you guys are such a big part of that community. Uh, the Maritime Gig Festival is going on. It started this morning. Oh, okay,
2: perfect. started
0: this morning with a, a fun run. Prior to that, the local Kiwanis Club has their annual pancake feed, so hundreds of people show up and they raise money. Then the fun run hits, and then the parade was this morning, and now they're getting ready for the car show, which will be all day tomorrow. And then um, Sunday, the big blessing of the fleet happens and that is a party on the water tons of people with boats tie up in the harbor all of the commercial fishing vessels that are on their way to alaska next week are there and then the priest from the local catholic church marches down the hill to the harbor gets on a skiff and they drive him around the harbor blessing everybody's boats Wow. And uh, it's an annual tradition, and uh, we're going to be tied up there with our boat next to a bunch of other folks in this kind of flotilla uh, as we watch, and maybe the priest will come around and bless our boat, and uh, maybe we'll bless him back with some whiskey or vodka or something like that.
1: <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's it, It's a reminder that this community, like our Pacific Northwest community, has so much maritime history, and I can't remember why, what reason, but I remember researching recently all of the different super, superstitions that go along with boats and boating and it's it's quite a long list
0: it is our community of gig harbor was founded by fishermen and it is where they would build boats and repair boats and where they would live in the off season and our community still has more active net sheds than any other uh, community on the west coast those net sheds are the uh, very cool antique looking buildings that are built on pilings out into the water and they actually store their nets and buoys and all their fishing gear and that's where they work on repairs of the the nets throughout the winter and then they would load the boats up and off they go so this is an annual tradition that goes back decades and decades where they bless the fleet before they take that long journey to alaska to go commercial fishing
1: Makes sense, man. Well, people can still be a part of it, right? Going on tomorrow?
0: Yeah. You can watch from the docks or if you have a boat or access to a boat, uh, just come on down and tie up on the harbor people are very friendly and you can tie up next to somebody's boat and uh you know bring some cheese or crackers or wine or beer or soda and have a great time
1: hang out with the fam that sounds pretty fun in the meantime what's going on in the headlines this week
0: so first up in the news is uh, our friends at diageo diageo is one of the huge global drinks producers they have over 200 brands in their portfolio and uh last year They bought George Clooney's tequila brand Mm -hmm. called Casamicos for almost a billion dollars. Well, now it's being rumored that they are selling a series of their brands that may be up to worth a billion dollars. And the article here out of Sky News is talking about some of the brands that are being rumored to be up for sale. And uh, I'll give you a few of the names and we'll see if they're recognizable. One of them is Myers Rum. You familiar with that brand?
2: can't make a Mai Tai without it. <laughs> there
0: you go, Dark Dark Rum, uh, which was launched in the U.S. in 1934. Papa
2: Vodka. No, I'm not familiar with that one.
0: Okay, Papa Vodka is uh, kind of a lower-end um, value brand uh, vodka. One of them is uh, the Romana brand of uh, Sambuca. Uh, one of them is... Goldschlager.
2: <laughs> yeah, hard You're not to, to know, know that, one. that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, we're going to be tracking this in the weeks to come. And where this is coming from is these brand houses like Diageo and uh, Pernod Ricard and others are watching the trends. And people right now in this good economy are trading up for more higher premium, more expensive beer, wine, and spirits. So you see quite a bit of growth and investment happening in those higher value, higher margin items. And some of these brands that we talked about, like Myers and Goldschlager, have been around forever. There's not a lot of room for growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not going to suddenly see a doubling or tripling or quadrupling in the volume of Goldschlager or Myers Rum sold. They're pretty mature. And if you want to own brands that have... Um, a lot of runway ahead of them in terms of value growth, you got to get rid of that. That also means you don't have to manage distribution, warehousing, sales, all the stuff that goes along with that. So uh, this is going to be interesting to watch.
1: I don't know enough about George Clooney's uh, Casamigos, but is that one brand that is the higher end tequila-wise?
0: It is. <clears throat> when they were purchased, they were selling about 176,000 cases, which sounds like a lot, but it's not. And uh, the structure that was reported about this transaction with Casamigos was that it was a $750 million cash oh. um, with a 10-year workout, and then another $250 million in that 10-year workout if certain sales goals and bonds are being met. That's where the billion-dollar came from.
1: Impressive. Well, yeah, it'll be fun to watch the trend. You, you clued me into so many of the market trends that I would not have known about before, but I find this pretty intriguing.
0: Next up was a fun article about uh, Serena Williams, who ended up being the beer pong champ at last week's royal wedding. yeah. And I know you guys talked about this on some of the uh, sports shows last week, but I I made the comment, why would you challenge either of the Williams sisters if it's a sport that involves a ball, a net, and a racket? Why would you even challenge them? I
1: mean, I'm going to go so far as to say why would you really challenge them to any sport, but yes, uh, particularly one that involves a racket.
0: i got to imagine... She gets that racket in her hands. She gets very aggressive (laughs) and she's like, I'm going to I'm going to own this game. So uh, kudos to Serena Williams for being the beer pong champion at the royal wedding. Mm -hmm. Something I am sure past kings and queens never thought would ever be uttered in the same sentence.
2: The other thing I love about this is that she was apparently in
1: uh, sneakers with her Valentino dress.
0: (laughs) Yes. So classy.
1: So still classy and fashionable while she's doing it. Very impressive.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Up next on Cast Club Radio, it's one of the most famous, most known cocktails. Dates all the way back to early 1900s to Florence, Italy. And there is an entire week dedicated to it in this local area. And the even better part, you can drink them for a good cause. We'll explain. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. We teased it before the break. It's one of the most famous cocktails out there, the Negroni. And it's got some pretty interesting cocktail lore. Yeah, so here's the thing. It traces back to Florence in the early 1900s, about 1919. And according to reliable sources, the cocktail was born when an Italian bartender responded to a customer's demand for a stiffer riff on an American cocktail. The patron, Count Camilo Negroni, had picked up a taste for strong liquor, apparently, while working, this is the best part of the story, as a rodeo clown in the American Wild West and ended up giving his name to the resulting concoction. So, hence, flash forward a little more than 100 years and we've got the Negroni and it's a household cocktail. And this week, we're celebrating Negroni Week in Washington, and Heritage is still a part of that.
0: Yeah, we're joined up to celebrate Negroni Week, and, and it's not just in Washington, it's nationwide. It's the week dedicated to the classic cocktail of Negroni, presented by Imbibe Magazine and Campari. And Campari is the most famous brand of the Italian li- liqueur that comprises the liqueur base of the Negroni cocktail. So Negroni Week was launched in 2013, and from 2013 till now it's grown from about 120 venues that started participating in 2013 to now almost 7,700 venues, and they've collectively raised about a million and a half dollars for charitable causes as part of Negroni Week with the bars and restaurants dedicating some of the proceeds to those charities of their choice.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Looking at what Washington has in store for Negroni Week, some of the charitable partners for Washington include the Arbor Day Foundation, the Little Free Library, Northwest Immigrant Rights Project, PAWS, and the Surfrider Foundation.
2: And when I looked, I found 73 venues participating in the Seattle area. Wow. That's a lot. That's on NegroniWeek.com where you can look that up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're proud to be participating in Negroni Week. And uh, of course, we make gin, which is an important part of uh, making the cocktail. Yeah, And uh, (laughs) we are partnered with uh, several of the venues around the western part of Washington. And uh, if if folks want to keep tabs on Negroni Week, and they want to follow what's happening on Imbibe's Instagram, or they want to take photos and post on Instagram or on Twitter, they can go to the Imbibe feed at Imbibe and then hashtag Negroni Week. And of course, uh, be sure to mix yourself a Negroni. Get yourself some Campari liqueur and uh, some Elk Rider gin and have a go at it.
1: We'll have a great recipe that you guys came up with for a unique twist on this, but maybe just for the people who aren't familiar with Negroni's, we should talk about what, what are the basic ingredients and why they've become such a popular drink?
0: Well the basic ingredients are gonna be gin and Campari and uh, a twist. Some people like to use an orange twist, some people like to use a lemon twist. You may put in some kind of uh, heartier spice as a floater as well or some kind of uh, garnish, but uh, very easily get a shaker, ice, add the Campari and the gin and then add your twist to it. And I like them because it's a balance of sweet, herbal, mm-hmm. and chalky is not the right uh, word to use for the texture, but it's, it forces you to pause and enjoy the cocktail without having it in too large of tr- drinks or, or you know swigs. It's that herbal part of the Campari liqueur that provides that depth of flavor that counteracts with the very botanical notes of the gin.
1: Is this a cocktail that plays really well as the temperatures get warmer and things heat up? I mean, not only that, it's it's a really pretty cocktail, right?
0: It's beautiful. Yeah, the Campari liqueur itself has that beautiful kind of orange uh, glow to it, and uh, it's perfect for... Hot summer days because you shake it and serve it chilled in a martini glass, and uh, the colder the better. And you can see kind of the beads of sweat condensing on the outside of the glass if uh, it's a really hot day. And uh, it's the kind of thing where you just sit out on the deck or uh, under an umbrella and have a couple of them and enjoy the view around you,
2: yeah you guys have a pretty awesome summer version, right?
0: So yes, we have a strawberry peppercorn Negroni, and uh, this uses sweet vermouth, campari, gin, fresh strawberries, and pink peppercorns that Ooh. have been crushed. And that's our twist on it. So uh, start off, crush your peppercorns, about a quarter of a teaspoon, place them into the glass, add two strawberries and muddle them, and then add ice. And the remaining ingredients are gonna be one ounce of sweet vermouth, one ounce of Campari, and one ounce of our elk rider gin. Stir them a little bit and then garnish it with a fresh strawberry and maybe an orange zest.
2: I've never seen a fruit version of it. I would love to try this. That's, That's a really cool take on it.
0: It is. And again, this gets back to having some of that peppercorn react with the herbal herbaceous notes that come from the Campari.
2: It's such a kind of a cult cocktail. We talked last week about how Harry and Meghan like Negronis. Do you think that there's a cool factor to it as
0: well? I think there's a cool factor to the idea that you are sitting around with your compatriots all around the country celebrating the same type of uh, adult beverage And knowing that you're supporting some good causes that are going to support local charities and and raising money for that. I also think that there's Mm -hmm. a club of Campari, kind of like the club of Frenette, uh, where the bartenders (laughs) get together and enjoy these uh, more herbaceous liqueurs that have a lot going on in them. A lot of flavor notes, a lot of deep textures, and a lot of stuff that uh, can confuse the palate if it's not mixed properly. And uh, that's where that art of mixing the, the proper cocktail comes in. Yeah, so this week, we're going to celebrate Negroni Week. It's June 4th through 10th. You can find out more at negroniweek.com. You can look at the official charity partners that are participating locally. And you can go to any of the local Heritage uh, Distillery Tasting Rooms, Ballard, Roslyn, Gig Harbor, uh, you can dine in Eugene. You can pick up all the ingredients you need and uh, then get together with your friends and have a Negroni or two.
1: Yeah, the only thing better than drinking great cocktails is doing them for a good cause.
0: That's right.
1: Well, speaking of summertime, we mentioned it's right around the corner. Coming up on Cast Club Radio, we talked to our friend Ali Hadin. She has been on the show before and had some great entertaining ideas, but we talked to her specifically about summer entertaining and what you can do to throw just a great get-together, a great party. That's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. While the weather is heating up, and that means summer's right around the corner, summer entertaining is definitely on our to-do list. So who better to talk to about entertaining, about throwing a great party, other than our friend Ali Hadeen of Weeknight Society. Thanks for being here, Ali. Thank you.
3: How, how are you? How are you enjoying the warm weather? I'm good. The sun that's been coming out in the last couple weeks has been so incredible, and my garden is blooming, which makes me happy, so... I wish you guys could see. Allie brought us, we'll
1: have to take a picture, some of the, the most gorgeous flowers, peonies from her garden right now, and roses. So we'll have to share those with people. Yes, you will. So when we say summer entertaining, what
3: comes to your mind right off the top? Well, I think in Seattle especially, we hibernate all winter. And all of a sudden the sun comes out and people come out. This is like the first time we actually start seeing our neighbors again. So I think, especially for us in the Northwest, summer entertaining is really just like, finally seeing our friends, being social, doing all those things that we might have missed out on when the spring was a little bit funky or busy, um, we can finally relax and entertain friends. Just even if it's having a drink and putting mixed nuts in a bowl, but just seeing people again.
1: <laughs> I would totally agree with that. What is something for someone who might be new to entertaining that they can do as summer rolls around? If they're just uh, not very comfortable throwing a party or throwing a get-together, as you mentioned. Maybe they are the mixed nuts type of person um, that they can do to throw a basic summer warm weather get-together.
3: I think the simplest thing to do is a burger bar. So make all different, different kinds of toppings. Bacon and different cheeses and guacamole and all the vegetables that you would put on top of a burger and then just grill up some patties and then guests can make their burger their own there's very little pressure on you to have something super fabulous Um, and it's just a really easy way because everyone can eat what they would want to eat and make it their own.
1: I really like this. I like this idea. (laughs) I'm in.
3: (laughs) I mean keep it simple right? That's the name of the game.
1: Then you can also enjoy the
3: party that you're having. Exactly.
1: Uh, We talked about Negroni week. It's coming up here. Is there any way that people can incorporate Negronis into their parties?
3: I adore a good Negroni and I think the easiest way to incorporate it into a party sort of Negroni-ish, is to do a big pitcher of Aperol spritz. It's a super easy way to, because an Aperol spritz you can make you know, in a giant jug and then just pour it out to friends as they're sipping through the evening. And that's a lot simpler than a Negroni, which really should be handmade for each drink.
1: I know a big part of your blog is about getting together with people, especially bringing your family together, getting your kids involved in the whole cooking process. Justin has kids what is one way that kids can get involved in the uh, summer summer uh, entertaining process?
3: Well, my kids love when we have friends over, so I've started putting some of that onus on them, mm-hmm. that yes, I would love to have your friends over. What are we gonna do? So then they come up with like, yesterday we had a kickball game, Oh yeah, parents versus kids, <laughs> yeah. and we went down to the local park and grilled some stuff up and had a kickball game. And that was something the kids came up with on their own. That was their idea. And that's a really fun way to have them be a part of the planning so that it's not all you also saying like I bought you sidewalk chalk and then the kids are like that's the last thing I want to do
1: yeah it's it's um, you know when you have some ownership over the idea the creative process that probably helps exactly Justin have any of those uh, tricks worked for you in terms of I know you guys get your kids get involved in in cooking and entertaining
0: yes our kids love to cook and uh, they are focused on the iron chefs and (laughs) uh, the kitchen contests where they get in and and watch it and they'll they'll want Sit around and kind of get involved. Most important thing I think I did as a parent was I taught my kid how to make a really good martini, and uh, <laughs> that way I would not have to get up out of my lawn chair to yes. get into the house. I could just say, Tanner or Hudson or my daughter Kendall in second grade, I'd say, Hey, daddy needs another martini. Yeah, and they all. Race to see hack. who can make it first.
2: <laughs> uh, what did Jennifer think of that, Justin?
0: She asked for one as well. Oh, there
2: you go.
1: <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs>
2: Um, Ellie, I live in an apartment and I can't have a grill there. And I think that a big thing for summer is grilling recipes. Yes, Sometimes I feel like I'm missing out. Do you have any advice
3: for someone like me? Well, there's lots of solutions like a grill pan is a really good one. Um, just a cast iron pan with the grill lines on the bottom does basically the same thing. It pulls the juices off so it gets that good crisp grill on the sides. Uh, And then the second thing is that 90% of things that go on a grill or a barbecue, if you put them in a really hot oven, like a 500 degree oven, They'll do the same thing. So kebabs and things like that, you can just cook in the oven and you get that same idea of the summer fresh flavors, but without having to grill them. Oh,
1: that's a awesome. good hack. Yeah. Maura. <laughs> and you're a good chef. Mora. she brings in some, some stuff here that just always smells and looks delicious. Oh, thanks.
2: A lot of that's the crock pot. That's one of my favorite things. Right? Put it in there and forget about it. <laughs> I'm not quite as that's creative.
1: <laughs> Is there anything right now in terms of whether it's a local ingredient or just a seasonal ingredient that people can be? working with when they're when they're doing either their summer entertaining or just cooking for themselves
3: well rhubarb right now is bonkers Mm -hmm. my garden's full of it the farmer's market's full of it so so pretty oh it's so pretty and so delicious Mm -hmm. so and that's a fairly quick season i mean we only have a couple more weeks of rhubarb being really hot and local so jump in on that but the other thing this year's strawberries are amazing a good friend of my mom's has strawberry farm up in Linden, Washington, and she said that this year's berries are ridiculously good. So, start finding some of those local berries. They're popping into markets very soon and yeah, get as many of those as you can.
1: Even that combination sounds pretty good. Strawberry oh, rhubarb makes a good yes. combination.
3: Pie, crisp, mm-hmm. cocktail.
1: Somebody who maybe is unfamiliar with rhubarb, what are what are some some easy recipes or easy uh, tricks to incorporate it into cooking?
3: So rhubarb is very sour, very tart. So the first thing to know is that you're gonna need more sugar than you think you're gonna need. So whether it's granulated sugar or honey or some way to sweeten it, that's basically mandatory. What I like to do is uh, fill like a pie dish with rhubarb and then just start sprinkling sugar on top until it can't absorb anymore. Cause the cut rhubarb is pretty juicy. So as you keep sort of shaking it around and waiting for the sugar to incorporate, it will keep sticking to the rhubarb and keep like gathering some of the juices and until it can't anymore you're there Ooh, oh that's- wow
0: yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> more sugar than you think more mean. sugar than you think because it yeah take a little bite of a stock one time and you'll realize yeah yeah
0: we also add bsb into our uh, rhubarb strawberry pie mix
3: there you go and it has a little, sweetness. Bourbon. Uh-huh. A little bourbon. uh-huh
0: bourbon little brown sugar a little cinnamon all self-contained before we put it in the oven Something else mm-hmm. folks don't realize is the leaves of rhubarb are poisonous to cows and other farm animals. So don't throw them away where the farm animals are going to eat them.
3: They will also make you rather sick. So Yes. <laughs> Just to avoid <laughs> yeah, them. Don't
1: consume, please. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything that you have been experimenting with lately? I think last time we talked to you, I can't remember what it was exactly you were you were like working at one thing and specifically is there something that you're trying to either perfect your recipe of
3: I've been doing a lot of grilled pineapple recently Ooh. doing grilled pineapple with ice cream and grilled pineapple on teriyaki burgers and just trying to figure out like what's the thickness that you want because thicker is better mm-hmm. with the ice cream but then thin like really thin sheets grilled quickly is better with a burger because a couple of those on either side and it's really delicious so I've been working sounds on good. some pineapple stuff.
1: That can be one of the things that you add to your burger bar.
3: Yes, exactly. Grilled pineapple. <laughs> Grilled pineapple. Because mm-hmm, that sounds really gourmet. And what did it take? Nothing. Slice a pineapple, put it on the grill.
1: Speaking of which, how. What are some more tricks like that to to people who want to, uh, I don't want to say appear fancier <laughs> than they are, but who are looking, maybe are busy schedules and, and want to incorporate
3: more gourmet touches to their entertainment? I think the biggest secret for that is just pay attention to what you like at restaurants. Even, I mean, if you're doing a burger bar, you can even look to something like Red Robin and say, what do they put on their burgers that I really like? Oh, pickled jalapenos. That's delicious. So incorporate that in your burger bar so if there are restaurants that you love and that are doing something unique Mm -hmm. see what you can steal
1: i like that it's like a little creative license yeah
3: there's no intellectual property rights at home
0: (laughs) a trick we do for desserts around the grill is we'll take a big sheet of aluminum foil and we will cut up all types of fresh fruits we'll put in nectarines peaches strawberries raspberries blueberries uh, anything you find we'll add a little bit of sugar we'll add a little bit of cinnamon and we'll add two ice cubes and then we will seal up the aluminum foil by rolling it up on itself and we put those onto the grill while we're eating dinner that has been removed from the grill and it steams all that fruit inside and then when you're done you pull it out empty it it's been softened up and juicified and uh, little cinnamon notes and you put that on the ice cream or on shortbread, nice. and it's cooking while you're eating the dinner.
3: I like the word juicified, too. Yeah. I'm totally using juicified. that. <laughs> sounds pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. It sounds wonderful. Allie,
1: before we get out of here, we've got to talk about your website again. We've, you've been on here before, so we have chatted about it. But remind people how, A, remarkable it is and just how far it has come since you started that creative venture
3: yeah so it actually started as a website weeknightsociety.com and it's an app as well so you can download the app every week on the app five new recipes are loaded and they're all designed to be made in 20 to 30 minutes for quick easy family dinners and usually using fresh ingredients from the farmer's market so not a ton of things that are canned or unhealthy keeping it fresh and light
1: that is pretty much I feel like everything you're looking for whether it's keeping it simple, keeping it local and healthy, and leaving more time to to be around your family and the the whole point of the dinner.
3: Yes, and they're all supposed to be family-friendly recipes. I have three kids, and they all eat 99% of them, so I hope that your family will eat them, too. It's perfect, so they can get it anywhere, App Store. Yep, the App Store Weeknight Society. Um, Just search for that, and it pops right up. And if they still want to read along on the traditional website. Absolutely. The blog is still there and it's full of recipes and resources, um, party, entertaining ideas. So even if you have the app, it's fun to go to the website and see what else I'm cooking up.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, Allie. Thank you.
2: Coming up on Cast Club Radio, do you prefer sparkling or still wine? There's a new study that ties that preference into personality traits. We'll discuss that. And we also continue talking summer entertaining with some great drink recipes for a crowd. That's next on Cast Club Radio.
1: Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Before we wrap things up, We didn't get to it in our opening segment, but this news story caught our eye and we wanted to make sure to circle back to it. According to a new research study by Kantar World Panel, your choice of wine can reveal a lot about your personality.
0: That's right. The researchers found that between the two types of wine, sparkling wine versus still wine, the type of wine that you gravitated towards said a lot about your uh, personality and characteristics and traits.
2: I like both. Uh, I I don't know. I really like sparkling wine, and apparently that means you're a partier.
0: Well, the baseline of volume required is what set the trend. So if you enjoy five or more glasses of sparkling wine per month, you are 72% more likely than the average adult to never leave home without makeup. Wow. this, This makes sense. I don't enjoy five glasses of sparkling water a month, and I always leave home without makeup.
1: There you go. You fit perfectly into this category.
0: That's right. 99% of those people like to go to trendy places to eat and drink. And Prosecco and champagne drinkers are driven by aesthetics and want to stay up to date on current affairs, uh, so on. So 75% of them are willing to pay for online newspaper and magazine subscriptions.
2: It kind of makes sense to me because I do feel like most people see Prosecco and champagne as a special occasion type thing. So if you're someone that just drinks it all the time, it almost seems like you're treating yourself, although it has become more commonplace.
0: I don't know anybody who just sits around just like casually opening up bottles of Prosecco and champagne at night. Um, (laughs) That is more of like a specific event driven thing. I agree with you more.
1: It's, It's also a pretty popular brunch thing. And yeah. a trendy yes. brunch thing. So I feel like that lends itself to, at least in our area, going out to fancy brunch.
0: That's right. Now, on the flip side, they asked still wine drinkers, those who are drinking Cabernets and blends and you know traditional non-bubblies. Those who buy more than five bottles per month showed more interest in following news, particularly where finance is concerned. 54% were more likely to read the financial page of the newspaper. 34% are more likely to read the newspaper most days of the week, and they placed less emphasis on clothes, makeup, and cosmetics.
2: That's a very strange tie-in. I I don't know Mm -hmm. what, what the reasoning behind that is, but that's a very interesting statistic.
0: Well, again, I think fewer men drink champagne and Prosecco. I think that that is, if you were to ask, you know, who's drinking more, it would be a huge percentage of women drinkers and so statistically you would have fewer men talking about cosmetics and clothes if you just are trying to compare apples to oranges
1: well we talked a lot about summer entertaining and throwing a party this week and to do that in order to get you set for it we've got a couple of group cocktails a couple of cocktails to make at a party for you
0: that's right Uh, the first one is the classic gin and tonic you can make it in large batches so to make batch sized gin and tonics for the crowd start with one and a half cups of gin we recommend our Elk Rider gin it's a beautiful crisp 94 proof gin and one liter of tonic water that has already been pre chilled the colder the better and then two uh, of the citrus notes Lemon, lime, and a cucumber. You want to slice all those. So you're going to add the full liter of tonic and the one and a half cups of gin. And you're going to float the lemon, lime, and cucumber slices. Give it a gentle stir and serve it in ice-filled glasses. Because you're using tonic water, you want to make this as the very last batch before your party starts so you don't lose some of that bubbly effect.
1: What else can people make at parties?
0: The other one we have is a strawberry pineapple punch. And this has quite a few ingredients. I'm going to read the list right now. We start with our strawberry vodka, fresh pineapple juice, fruit punch, club soda, strawberries, basil, lime, and a second lime that is for juicing. So combine all the ingredients in a large pitcher and stir it together. And then you're going to have ice in glasses and extra strawberries and basil leaves for garnish. Here are the proportions. A third of a bottle of strawberry vodka six ounces of fresh pineapple juice six ounces of fruit punch 12 ounces of club soda strawberries washed and quartered fresh basil leaves and again one lime for juicing and one lime sliced into thin circles all that goes in the pitcher with ice and then i have fresh ice and garnish ready to pour it's a beautifully colored drink. and It'll add pop to the table.
1: Sounds perfect. We've got you pretty much all set for summer entertaining, I feel like, in this episode of Cast Club Radio.
0: We've got a long summer ahead. Enjoy responsibly.
1: (laughs) If you want to check out any of these recipes, as always, you can go to heritagedistilling.com. You can also download episodes of Cast Club Radio, any of the past ones that you might have missed.
0: You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and we now have almost 40,000 followers on Pinterest at Heritage is Telling. So go there, check out tons of cocktails, pin them, like them, share them. And as always, rate us on iTunes.
1: Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode. We will see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling, part of Cairo Weekends on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Check us
1: out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes.
0: Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM.